0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Five at the Back Soccer Podcast. I am Charles here with Scott, Eric, Jen, and Skiff. And we're here to bring you another great week of soccer content focusing on the Premier League. As always, you guys can uh, interact with us on Twitter. Our Twitter account is at F-I-V-E-A-T-B. That's at five at the back. That's what it stands for. So feel free to shoot us a a message. Uh, You can do it through the account, through the DMs, however you want. All of us will see it, and uh, we can definitely get back at you as as soon as we get to it. So all right. Uh, At this moment, uh, I am going to kick it over to Skiff, who is going to uh, kind of talk a little bit about this past weekend. We did not have any Premier League games and yet, we still had problems. Skiff, what, what went on this weekend?
1: Oh, I don't know, Charles. What did go on this weekend? It was a lovely weekend of all of our teams. Well, some of our teams. Some of our teams don't have as many internationals as others. But uh, the majority of our teams flying their players all over Europe from England to Azerbaijan to Kazakhstan to the middle of nowhere. And players from all different leagues, some of them are farmers, they all met together. And just had a big COVID uh, party, just like back in the day, your uh, parents you probably used to have a freaking, um, mm-hmm. you know, measles or uh, whatever. Uh, what was that uh, party? Chicken where they, pox. Chicken pox. Yeah, they get everybody together. They, they put the blankets over the kids. They give them all chicken pox. That's basically what we did for this international break. The most ridiculous thing in the world. We're in the middle of a pandemic. You have countries that are banning. Their athletes from coming back and playing and having to do go on two week self quarantines, and we're flying in people for COVID parties. Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the best players in the world, freaking got COVID, interacted with Bruno Fernandez, interacted with Diego Jota. Now we freaking possibly have Fernandez, who's on my fantasy team, sitting on the bench this week after I specifically picked him up only to score penalties for Manchester United. This was the most ridiculous thing in the world that we could have ever done. And Spurs pretty much had no internationals out on break, so they didn't really have to worry about it.
2: I just want to say, if anyone is aware of any measles parties, please contact Child Protective Services immediately. I'm not <laughs> sure where that came from. <laughs> I've never been invited to a measles party, Skiff. Might... <laughs> I'm a little concerned for you, but I-, I am happy that Spurs were unimpacted, knock on wood, uh, so far. So, yes, yeah, Spurs were unafflicted. But I will say it's not because we don't have internationals. We are chock full um our international clubs just don't throw measles parties so we're all set
3: uh, skiff i'm just worried about your childhood but...
1: <laughs> hey man uh, it's influenced me and i am the person i am today because of my measles party what can i say anybody uh, uh I'm, anybody I'm, got anything go- to add on the covid crisis no I just, i'm just gonna make
0: sure i check any invitations i get for you to come to your house for any parties man i this is <laughs>
2: Yeah, i'm
0: bringing
1: that, blankets with me That that's our party uh we promised you charles <laughs> 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 got to make sure you're immunized before you go traveling sir
2: so <laughs> all, all jokes aside charles what um this for this fernandez thing is it a a sneak peek into the future of donny vandebeek or like what do you what do you think here
0: uh, yes and no. Um, realistically, it's a it's a good opportunity for, for Van de Beek to step up um, because, I mean, re- right now, Fernandez realistically is is filling his position until we figure out what to do with Pogba, um, and that's something we can talk about uh, at a later time. Um, but, yeah, no, it, Van de Beek will step in. Um, he will probably play pretty well. I mean, he showed well in, in all of the games that he jumped in uh, so far. Uh, I don't – I mean – Bruno's impact hasn't been as uh, noticeable in the most recent games um, as it was over the summer. In the summer, he was able to come in and take control. Um, in the more recent games, he has fallen off occasionally. Um, and Unfortunately, I, do, I think that's due to the influence of the other players around him who fall off at a regular rate. Uh, so this is this will be a good chance for Van de Beek to come and be that spark um, and, you know, realistically put his put his stamp on the position and, and really show he has a chance to fight for it.
2: So I, I think he can step in for Fernandez a little bit on the pitch, but who's going to call McGuire a refrigerator and a, and a blockhead if, if Fernandez <laughs> isn't on the pitch?
0: I'm pretty sure that's still your job or, or Skip's oh, job. A- definitely okay, well
2: fernandez was yeah. doing a great job so i'm just <laughs> nervous for the club. no
0: doubt no doubt but i mean mcguire is keeping the the captain's armband even though he shouldn't even be playing this weekend um that's not changing anytime soon because he's uh, apparently uh, under the, the the best federal protection available uh with regards to his captaincy and to his actions on the pitch but um yeah we'll see how it goes with uh, with fernandez out i mean there's newcastle is still a shot a side we should beat uh fernandez is not uh we don't need to have fernandez to beat newcastle in theory however even with fernandez there's still a great chance that we lose to newcastle which is just explaining the essence of what this season has been so far so uh, i'm 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 looking forward to van de beek being you know maybe maybe that bright spark and maybe you know edging the the players forward in a way that that fernandez hasn't been able to lately
1: A little, so, uh, the Hoiberg uh, on Kane action today in the uh, in the England game. Where did, did Harry Maguire get sent off in that game? Who
2: he, he did <laughs> in a very unceremonious fashion. It was, uh, actually, it was very Harry Maguire of him who took a, a poor first touch, check, uh, lunged after the ball, check. Um, nasty challenge, check. He got the, the Harry Maguire trifecta. Oh, it wasn't a nasty challenge.
1: I thought he could have good. seen it was, red. It
0: was a li- it was a little late. It wasn't nasty. Should have been oh, a straight red.
1: I think so. <laughs> Studs directly into the uh, the calf ankle area of the player. Yeah.
2: He's Man. clearly still reeling from the six one. Sorry, Charles.
3: <laughs> no, you're not. no, you're not. No, no, he's not. Not even a
2: bit.
0: And I'm gonna let him have this one. I really am because. I he told us what his fantasy lineup is going to be for this weekend and, and I'm going to have all the laughs afterwards so it's all good I
2: changed my mind by the all way good. I'm going to stand pat so I had to to, awesome. we had to
1: listen to 10 minutes of him going back and forth on uh on players before this was recorded so speaking <laughs> of
2: fantasy update I, I, your your leader in the clubhouse is still me Scott Mackey um I'll, I'll save, I'll save it for you, Eric, so you don't have to do it this week, but speaking of fantasy updates, nothing changed. I'm, I'm still on top. Over to you, Skiff.
1: Speaking of, uh, fantasies that, uh, don't look like they're going to happen. Project big picture. If you guys haven't heard about this, uh, I'm going to break it down for you. We've got two teachers and a professor. They gave me an assignment last night to <laughs> to write this up, and uh, so I took some time to to research it, so I hope um, you guys will find it uh, interesting. So, uh, you know, I, I'm a little bit of a history nerd. I, I love the history and the background of things, and I think it's important to understand um, history of things when you kind of, you know, get into topics, so if you didn't know the history of english football um, it's governed by the fa um, so they basically oversee um, everything from the premier league to the lowest level teams in england so fa football association Um, and they don't directly run the premier league but they do have some veto power in it Uh, the efl is the teams that are in the championship and league one and league two so premier league championship league one league two Each year three teams are promoted from the championship league one league two three teams are relegated from the premier league championship and league one and from league two two teams are relegated um, down so that basically encompasses professional soccer in england so that was your history let me set the table about project big picture so this has been coming for a while it's kind of a concoction of liverpool and manchester united three years ago they got together with this plan, and it was targeted to be introduced in the 2022-2023 season. So what does it do? Or what would it have done? It would have reduced the Premier League from 20 teams down to 18 teams. Um, it would abolish the EFL, uh, a.k.a. the Carabao Cup, and eliminate the Community Shield. So how how would that work? Well, 17th and 18th place in the Premier League would automatically be relegated. Um, the 16th place team would enter a playoff with the third, fourth and fifth team in the championship. And whoever came out of that tournament would either stay in the premier league or would be promoted from the championship. Wait, hold on. What? It's not that out there, right? So in Germany, the team who finishes 16th in the, the Bundesliga actually plays the team who finishes third in the second division of the bundesliga bundesliga two and they play a, a playoff so it's a one-off um you know home and home tie not a playoff but not too out there well what else would it have done so basically right now kind of um you know like this podcast there's five of us we each have a vote on what we do topics wise well they would change it from each of the 20 teams in the premier league having a vote on matters in the premier league to the nine longest-serving members of the Premier League team of the Premier League having a vote, so that would conveniently be the Big Six plus um, current teams in the Premier League: Everton, Southampton, and West Ham. So it changed the majority of any votes for, say, having five substitutes, or you know, changing—I um, don't know how TV revenues distributed from having to be a majority of 14. To only having to be a majority of six and there's six big teams and you can see where i'm going from here so they could implement a salary cap uh block owners like uh, if the saudi wealth fund came in and wanted to buy newcastle they could block owners from taking over teams pretty much anything else that they wanted to do in the future so that majority would go from 14 premier league teams to the big six plus the three longest serving members in the premier league and what does this really come down to any guesses what what uh guys what what really is driving this here
4: always money right
1: money 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 so before the premier league was founded um the way that the TV rights were paid out was 50% to the first division, which is now the Premier League, 25% to the second division, and 12.5% to each of the next two. So, taking like 2018-19 an example, the TV rights um, in England were 2.8 billion, yes, with a B, pounds. Under the old system, the Premier League would have gotten 1.4 championships, 700 million. League One would have split 350. How it actually got distributed was. The Premier League got 2.4 uh, billion of the dollar or pounds and 400 million of the rest went down to the leaks. Now, it's kind of like broken down between solidarity and parachute payments, but I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Just know that the wealth distribution is pretty in the favor of the Premier League. So the new plan that was proposed would give 25% of TV rights um, to the lower leagues, so increasing it from 400 million to 700 million pounds. And it would give 8.5% of annual net Premier League revenues to good causes, I'm putting this in quote, which includes the FA and to help grass, grassroot football. Um, the big change that it would have done is it would have allowed Premier League teams to have exclusive rights to sell eight live games directly to their fans outside of the UK on their own digital platform. So if Liverpool via Liverpool TV or any other um, means wanted to sell their games directly, then they would have the ability to do that. Of course, there's a lot bigger fan base for Liverpool than say Crystal Palace. So this really benefits the big six, of course, and the international rights would be higher and higher for these um, big six teams versus some of their peers. So the wealth gap um, would have really expanded. Also with the elimination of those um, two competitions and for less games per year because there's less teams, it's going to allow them for longer preseasons. And that means, you know, hey, Spurs are going to go out. And instead of a two week, um, you know, international Guinness cup of, Uh, you know bottles bottles that can go in their trophy case they get three weeks and that's a lot of money because these international tours bring in a lot of money to their clubs so that is one part and oh by the way it conveniently happens to line up when there's a possible champions league expansion in the 2024 season so less games in the premier league possible more money games in the champions league now that was the original plan, right? But why are we talking about it now? Well, hey guys, I don't, I don't know if you guys know this. There's this little thing called COVID happening, and uh, yeah, while the Premier League is still getting a lot of money from television, the lower leagues, they make most of their money from fans and attendance. And right now, there's no fans allowed in stadiums, so it's estimated that a large amount of the clubs in the EFL, remember, championship um, League One, League Two, are four to six weeks away from being insolvent. So the plan was implemented sooner or proposed to be implemented. And it's kind of like a a carrot and a massive stick the Premier League would have was going to loan 250 million pounds upfront. Notice I said loan, not give against further TV rights to continue to exist and give the FA a nice, sweet. 100 million pounds for their losses and to support other things, a.k.a. bribe. Wait, why are we giving the F.A. 100 million pounds? Remember that special veto power I mentioned when I first started? Well, they have something called the golden share, which allows them to veto things they don't think are in the best interest of the F.A. Like, I'm not sure if this is uh, like the golden gun from GoldenEye where it kills something (laughs) automatically, but it's why they're being included in this uh, slush fund payout. So while the majority of the EFL clubs are in favor of this proposal, the other Premier League clubs, the English government and the FAA all came out against it. Ultimately today, it was not advanced by the Premier League because it would have required 14 votes um, as they're still doing the one club, one vote mo- method. But I think this is just the opening salvo of a prot- uh, protracted negotiations for this happening in the future guys gal thoughts
2: well i i agree with you there with what you said at the end it's i think this is the beginning of beginning of some long-term negotiation or at least throwing it out there and seeing what the reaction is and you just throw something out there that you know is going to piss people off and then you settle on a deal in five years that's half as bad and people are like well you know it's really not a bad deal there's some altruistic things about this thing. And then what you're really still a scumbag. You just started off with such a strong negotiation on the front end. People accept it. I, I think that um, honestly, it's, it's so gross for them to propose this right now. Like, all right, you guys want to go into, into bankruptcy. Let us help you. But it, you know, it, it's just kind of goes back to what I said about Cronky, um last week being, a, I don't know if I said scumbag or what, it's something, um, that felt over the top, but clearly isn't given this news. Now, to be fair to Cronky, he wasn't the one that started this. It was my compatriots' ownerships here, uh, Liverpool and United, are the two clubs <laughs> that started this. I, I didn't hear you say that, Skiff. I wanted to make sure that was out there. Maybe I just wasn't listening. You weren't but, listening. Um, I wasn't listening, yeah. So it's, I agree with what you said. It is going to happen. This will have some type of pay, or some type of dividends paid for the big clubs eventually. They're not just going to, float money to the to the lower leagues and give them cash for no reason
1: so i don't want i don't want you to think you're coming out of this unscathed scott because the scuttlebutt is none of the other big six or you know premier league teams knew about this except for daniel levy has been secretly <laughs> in and around this without having his name appear in the papers so you're not scott free on this sir you're you're still uh you're still in this mess with us is so you he's heard- got
2: paid uh, who was it um, speak softly and carry a big stick right that was Teddy Roosevelt that's how Levy rolls it was Teddy. He, yeah. yeah you hide in the hide in the bushes and then you negotiate a little bit of a deal where you get your 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 stadium money back and nobody knows you're involved Levy's a genius he lets Woodward's I won't say what I think of Woodward Woodward and FSG take all the heat while he's just in the back he's like hey what about the stadium deal yeah nobody knows we're involved <laughs> You mean Berger, glazers, right? Not people. Woodward. A yeah. well, Woodward and the glazers, yeah. That yeah. your two favorite <laughs> groups of people. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Let me let me pick your brains for a second. Let me let me see. I'm just extrapolating from from the information that Skiff just just gave us, which was a really really good breakdown of uh, everything that Pro- Project Big Picture is. But from what it sounds like to me, it sounds like the big six are trying to put them themselves into a position where they can create rules to effectively no longer have them relegated ever again. Um, so in that situation are you know are these owners, which the Manchester United and and, and Liverpool owned by American, you know, companies and, and American people, are are they trying to bring over the American sports model? So the 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 EPL is or the, the Premier League is no longer a promotion relegation system?
1: I think that they would like that. I think that there's, so one of the things I did is last night, I listened to a bunch of English podcasts and, and YouTube and, and, the main point of what they all started was, is this is an abomination to the history and the love of the way that the English do things with promotion and relegation. And that's really what they were most mad about among other things. But I think that the the American ownership would love that. I think that, It's not going to happen. I think that they want to have less competition. They want to drive down salaries and increase the money. I think that's their main motivation for this and maybe try to make it a little more Americanized, but.
3: Uh, Okay. Regardless of maybe motivation, ultimately something's going to have to be done because the UK is looking at a second, like lockdown right now. And there are a number of the smaller clubs you know what i mean a number of villages a number of small towns that their their football stadium their local team is in a lot of ways the lifeblood of the community as far as bringing money and stuff like i mean it's like college towns and college football season you know what i mean like they they play a part in the local economy and if something doesn't get done, there are ones that are gonna wind up, you know, closing doors forever. And that's tragic because that is part of the fabric of what makes English football, you know what I mean, so cool is that you've got all these all these teams at all these lower levels and you know, on through. I mean, yeah, like I'm I'm sure there's some, you know, scrooge McDuck, whatever stuff going on, but it doesn't negate the fact that something's got to be done either the government or something.
2: I don't know. So, so uh, real quick, I'll answer you, Charles, then I'll answer you too, Jen. So the, I don't know that they're trying to bring over the no relegation system. I think that there is, there is an impact of the, the American ownership playing a part here though. I don't know that it's that I think it's that someone that was British would never dare bring up the idea of changing the pyramid or the way, you know, taking the top two flights from forty four to forty two or any of those, you know, the I love the British, but they're not agents of change by any means. You know, so the fact that it was even discussed would have never happened without American ownership. I don't know that they're looking to change the system, but it would have never happened, I think, if if those owners were not American. And that answer you, Jen, about what's going to be done. Henry Winter is one of the more um renowned journalist over there he he's the one that broke the news today he he says all 20 premier league clubs agreed project big picture will not be endorsed or pursued and agreed to work on a strategic plan for the future structures and financing of english football pl clubs agreed for a rescue package for league one and league two clubs in grants and interest free loans of 50 million pounds so they are working on details now to me I, i didn't see anything in there about the championship which will be interesting But it sounds like they are working on some type of, you know, it's loan. That's not a they're not going to give anything out for free. But looks like they're trying to work something out to keep some of these clubs afloat.
0: I'm just going to interject one quick thing. I I know very, very little about Harry Winter. Um, I I just honestly heard about him this past week. But uh, this past week he came out and said the uh, the Glazers have absolutely no business being around football, referring to soccer obviously um and based on that quote alone he's one of my favorite journalists now so mm-hmm. that's that's uh, that's what i think of harry winter at the moment
1: yeah one of the guys the rock that, star <laughs> one of the guys the, was list- sorry go ahead scott
2: yeah just real quick he's the chief uh football writer for time sport so i mean he's he's very he's not really connected to anyone club because he's so you know plugged in at the higher levels but he, he's a big time uh, big time guy over
1: there sorry Yeah, no worries. One of the guys I listened to last night was a Manchester United fan, and and his point was basically, you saw what the Glazers did to our club. Do you really want that group of people leading the charge to change the Premier League? Like, Mm, oh (laughs) i As a Manchester United
0: fan, I I 100% agree with that. Don't don't let them near anything (laughs) that's in charge. Okay,
3: I I do have a question, though. Has Top Flight always been 20 teams? I mean, my understanding is they haven't been no and so actually- last go around what provoked the change sorry go ahead
1: so they, they actually were at 22 teams i think um up until mid 90s and then they went back down to 20 um i think it was like 96 but i could well, be wrong
2: the, so the premier league was it 22 or was it yeah 22 until the premier league
1: no it was 22 for a couple of seasons of the premier league because i think what the premier league was in 92 and i think in 96 they went from 22 to 20 so um there
2: is a good question i wonder what precipitated that jen that's a good question
1: i think it was just too many matches your high level Um, um too
3: many matches that sounds vaguely familiar
1: yeah, so too many matches, and you want your English, you know, players to be fresh, um, yada yada yada, for the national team. But so, so there is a history of changing it, right? They have changed it in the past, but this would be, this would be kind of, um, man, this would be a very big step into really changing the game. And I don't, I just, I think it's, I think the premier league will change i think the big six will get some of their wishes as far as money but i think that this right now is too far it's really in a crappy situation but i think that eventually you'll see some kind or some parts of these plans enacted so that was my final take on that i think one that- of the
4: worst one of the worst things for me is kind of a feeling about the whole thing and i'd almost respect it more if they just came forward and said all right here's our plan we want more money here's what we want to do rather than it's a wolf in sheep's clothing kind of a feel to it and. Oh, we're gonna do that but here's some you know money to help the lower clubs we're really concerned about the lower clubs guys you know to cover up for the me 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 you know i don't know i just don't like that
2: i think we'll see this quiet down until the next uh tv contract when that's when these the big six will come back and try to retain rights just like we've seen in um, college football with conference expansion some of these bigger conferences want to retain their tier one rights, tier two rights so they can sell them individually and distribute those funds separately. I think that's what we'll see.
1: Yeah, And, and I have a feeling that this plan wasn't meant to come out, but <laughs> it it kind of got leaked. And I don't know if it was leaked by FSG and the Glazers to kind of like, Hey guys, this could be coming. So you need to prepare for like all, here's all the worst case scenarios but we're going to make it seem like we're going to give you a little bit of a carrot here just to prepare. Or if it was actually somebody leaked it, like, Hey, these guys are trying to scumbag you. I guess
2: this we'll has Daniel out. Levy written on it.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Levy season.
2: That's right. Oh, God. The bald ninja strikes again.
1: <laughs> oh man. Speaking of, uh, speaking of bald ninjas tiago back in the lineup covid free for liverpool big match coming up against league leading everton Ugh. i think we got a couple people uh, on the preview for this this week eric you're doing everton right oh i am oh, oh i know
3: <laughs> uh i took that bullet that's okay um but, Eric, go ahead. You want to do Liverpool uh, yeah, first? Yeah, well,
4: I just had a I just had a couple of fun facts. Uh, the longest uh, unbeaten derby game um, by all matches uh, is held by us, 2011 to present. We're at 22 straight unbeaten. Um, the record home victory in this, in this series is 6-0 recorded by Liverpool way back in 1935-36. Um, I thought it was kind of cool. There are two guys that played for both clubs that scored goals for both clubs. David Johnson in 71 for Everton and Liverpool in 80. And Mr. Peter Beardsley scored uh, Liverpool for one in 1990 and uh, one for Everton in 1992. Um, This series has been a real big slog, especially at Goodison. I remember um, when we kind of started the pot, I remember you guys um, laughing at my, you know, uh, fit when it was nil-nil on the the restart because we just looked like garbage offensively and it was raining, it was just a bad game. And that wasn't just a one-off because the last three matches at Goodison have been nil-nil with a one-nil and a one-one draw the year before that. Overall, though, like I said, Everson hasn't beaten us in 10 years. Um, the last time they did was a 2010 match at Goodison with Cahill and Mikel Arteta scoring for the Toffees. So um, on the Liverpool side, I look for uh, our lads back. I'd like to get Henderson back in the middle as well as Thiago. Um, we'll see if Jota's healthy, uh, being ex- possibly exposed to COVID. Um, <sighs> we're going to have to really get off to a good start and really um, help Adrian. I think... You know, we alluded to last time as Gomez and some of the, some of the defenders on the back line, sometimes maybe mentally, they see him let a softie or maybe when he didn't, and they get mentally deflated and then they get in their feelings or in their head and they can't play their, their, their usual uh, tight game. So it, it'll be really, really be tough uh, for this upstart uh, Everton team. Um, you have to watch out for uh, Calvert-Lewin. And like I said before, um Angelina's got them playing much much better so far as offensively. When I used to watch them in the last couple of years, so far as to this year, um, their passing is quicker, more accurate. Um, they're unfortunately they're doing really well, so I picked it. Um, I pick them as a um as a draw. I think it would be a one one tough kind of game. Jen, do you see the same thing playing out?
3: Yeah, no, I honestly think it's going to be neck and neck. And, you know, part of what makes this so interesting is this is the first time in a long time that Everton are above Liverpool in the in the table. You know what I mean? This deep into the season. And um, Everton have been a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, like I know I'm, I'm getting some some potentially side eye, uh, you know, with that particular um, comment. But, you know, <sighs> We have had it said on this um, podcast before that um, there are a number of people who believe that Everton have the um, the best midfield in Merseyside. Um, and so because of that, um, you know, you mentioned, Eric, that there's a good chance that um, Henderson's going to be back. He did play for um, England today. Um, I, I know as a Liverpool fan, it's been um, a little nerve wracking not having him you know, kind of man the ship as far as the captain's seat. And so, um, but it was my job to talk about Everton today. So, um, Carlo Ancelotti replaced Marco Silva, you know, uh, last winter. And with that, um, you know, ultimately they, you know, you could argue he salvaged their season. They finished, you know, mid of the like mid table. So they finished at 12th, but, I I wonder if we could go back, you know what I mean, and look at our preseason stuff, and if any of us could have forecasted that they were going to be this squared away, this deep into the season. Um, they are they are perfect on the season so far. So they have um, they are only one of two undefeated teams, or, or teams that have have won all their games. Um, we're not going to talk about the other one because still working through the angst of that one but they have beat um tottenham they beat west brom they beat crystal palace they beat brighton um they did really good business during the the transfer window you know i mean we talked about that a couple of um episodes ago and so by adding Hamás rodriguez from real madrid on the right um decore and allen know in central mid they've added those pieces to some already very exciting um young talent with calvert lewin and rich Arlson who just um scored in um the international break playing for brazil um and so you know they've continued their success um even though they were away um, from merseyside I just, I, oh, this is, this is a nerve wracking game for me. Like, I'm I'm not going to lie. Um, they are, Everton is averaging um, just over 55% um, possession, but I, that's it. That's over the four games that they've played. But I think, um, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Like we are probably better served looking at how they did against Tottenham than the other games they've played this season. So against Tottenham, um, they only had forty-eight percent possession. Um, I think Liverpool is 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 a closer, you know, like the closer comparison, um, just as far as the quality of play is is going to be Tottenham. Um, yeah, like I just, I'm I'm super glad that we get them at home later in the season. Cause I personally had this one as a draw. So what do you guys think?
4: I did too. And I think it's, I think it's huge. He brought up a good point that I was going to bring up I totally forgot on my notes. I kind of skipped it, but we're kind of actually kind of lucky because, uh, you know, a full Goodison would be, you know, not obviously not good for us because they're top of the league. They're going to be feeling froggy. They're going to be out in full, full voice. So that would be, it's tough to play anyway. Like I just told you the stats, you know, the last three matches have been nil, nil, a one, nil, a one, one draw. I mean, it's really, for whatever reason, it's really tough over there. So I think it really helps us with having no fans and maybe having 20% capacity later when they visit Anfield in the reverse fixture coming up. Um, Would you say, Jen, would you say that we're kind of equal out in goal with Adrian canceling out T-Rex arms?
3: (laughs) Um, Yeah, obviously he is a um, podcast favorite um, up there with Kepa um, who – yeah like I um I don't know like Adrian I think in some ways has been painted with a very negative brush you know the the first goal obviously on him um but I think beyond that a lot of a lot of the Aston Villa game was just like it was a comedy of errors. well not actually it wasn't a comedy it was just errors like it was just it was tragic um I don't, I don't think Adrian is quite the bumbling idiot that a lot of people want to make him out to be. So I think we're going to be okay if the rest of the team shows up. Besides just Mo. Mo's is Nabi Keita going to
0: be there?
3: Huh?
0: Is Nabi Keita going to be there?
2: No, he got COVID. He's watching with okay. Ronaldo. Oh,
3: but we got COVID, we, we more, got we okay. We've got more coming back than we have
0: yeah. not bank.
3: available. Right.
0: Well, the the good news for you guys is that two Liverpool players are going to score on on. Is your game a Saturday or Sunday? I can't remember.
3: Saturday, like Saturday at like seven thirty
0: early Eastern. in the morning. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, yeah, two Liverpool players are going to score Saturday. Two Everton uh, players are going to score Saturday. Everton wins 3-1. It's going to be a glorious game. I I can't wait to watch it. Best midfield in Merseyside is where it blew, uh, and they're going to show it. It's going to be a fantastic game to watch. I'm going to get up early, and I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it.
1: So Everton have played the plumber, the mailman, and the electrician, and a Spurs team who haven't been firing, weren't firing at that point. All four of those words words were redundant. now, uh, (laughs) Now Spurs look much better, but first game of the season who the heck knows what happens Liverpool are getting back Matip possibly they're having Thiago come back in Mane and Salah neither of them traveled for international breaks, so they're both fresh so it's going to be like a 4-3 to three game I think Liverpool takes it uh, the pod picked 3 draws 1 Liverpool win 1 Everton win so pretty evenly uh, divided here so it should be an interesting match Scott you want to throw anything uh, else in?
2: Yeah, I, I think it'll be a draw. I threw a draw in there. I almost went for the Everton win, but I still feel like there's a little bit of Neverton, a little bit of bottle in there. And I am dying to watch them crumble now. Like, I think it's going to be so funny. I caught him a paper mache tiger a couple weeks ago, and nothing will be funnier now. than Their fans have got this build up. I would just laugh so hard if they just start to crumble. It's early. I think they might continue to build hope, like they'll nick a draw here and maybe make it they'll be top four it by in Christmas time. And then, you know, Hamas, one of Hamas's fake teeth will fall out and he'll miss two months and then they'll they'll fall back into Europa spot.
1: It's God, you're mean. So like Texas Andy, and then they might get a win against Florida and then crumble. Later in the season. Shout out to you, Sarudi. That was Scott Mackey, (laughs) Coy Seminals, for your breakdown. I don't.
3: I mean, I don't know. Like, I think at this point, this could wind up for Liverpool being one of those um, kind of defining moments as to, you know, do you buckle down and turn a corner or you know, do you continue to um, stub your toe along the way and just never hit your stride? So I'm I'm interested to see how the game itself plays out, but then also how it affects momentum for both squads.
2: Well, so it's interesting, I will say, on the gambling odds. And this is probably not really surprising because I think Everton is significantly better than Arsenal. But um, the odds on the Everton-Liverpool game are – so much tighter than city arsenal. Like it's not even close Liverpool are basically even to win. And, um, like, whereas, whereas Arsenal are five to one to beat city and Arsenal are getting a goal and a half. So basically they get an extra goal and a half over city. Like if it's, if it's two to one, then Arsenal cover the spread quote unquote, whereas Everton are, are getting half a goal. This is as close as I've ever seen this matchup on the gambling side. And, uh, the, the looks like the money's actually coming in on Everton, so that's going to be really interesting one to watch.
1: Yes, I, I guess we'll see. Ten years, baby, haven't lost in ten years. Ain't gonna happen this year, like Lee Corso. <laughs> roll Liverpool Reds, baby.
0: <laughs> Never again. Never again. Don't know. That's that sounded horrible. All right. Well, I guess it's uh, it's on me to preview the uh, other major game of the weekend. Uh, we got Arsenal versus Manchester City. Um, both teams suck. Both teams lose. There's your preview. On to the next one. Let's go. <laughs> All right. I guess not. I guess not. OK, so Arsenal are heading to City. The match is in Manchester uh, this weekend and it uh, is setting up to be a rather boring affair, I I fear. Uh, City is going to be missing, likely to be missing uh, De Bruyne and Sterling um, due to injuries and whatnot. Um, Arsenal only possibly missing uh, Kieran Tierney uh, because of his closeness with a teammate uh, on the Scotland squad who tested positive for coronavirus. Um, Arsenal may also see the introduction of their new 50 million pound release clause, 260,000 pounds a week defender, Thomas Partey. Uh, So we'll we'll see if he gets slotted in. There's a chance he plays. There there is no certainty yet as to whether or not um, he's going to be playing this weekend. But if he does uh, look for Arsenal to be uh, pretty strong, honestly, against City. Uh, The match features uh, Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola versus his uh, former assistant, Mikel Arteta, uh, and honestly, it's uh, it's going to be close. I I uh, I kind of belabored over this one for a little while. I think City's a very strong team, but they're they're moody, if you will. Uh, They don't they don't play consistently over over five and six game stretches, so you never know when they could uh, let one go. And given the given the hullabaloo of international. Play this past weekend. It seems a prime opportunity to for City to lose their uh, to lose their focus and and not play well, even though they're playing at home. Um, and especially lo- losing one of their their better goal scorers and their literally their best player um, could definitely directly affect them. So um, initially, I was thinking two one City. Um, however, I changed my pick at the last moment. Um, I think it's probably going to be a two two draw. Um, I think Lacazette and Aubameyang uh, find themselves a little bit more keen this weekend to score than they have been recently. Uh, Lacazette has been poaching quite a few goals, but uh, honestly, I think he steps up and scores scores a brilliant uh, opener this weekend. But that that's my personal opinion. What do you guys think?
3: Do we have any idea when or is going to be back?
0: We don't. Um, he, there uh, is talks of him possibly being available very, very soon. Um, but again, they're keeping things very much under wraps. I'm thinking that Pep might even be playing a bit of mind games. Um, and yes, is, it a ch- is there a chance he plays this weekend? Yeah, there is a chance. Um, however, um, it's probably going to be a last-minute decision as to whether or not he's a, uh, announced um, leaving Arteta with you know, less time to plan, if you will.
1: Is he um,
3: even practicing yet?
1: Let me take a look. I'll tell you that um, the pod picked three draws and two city wins. So not a lot of love for Arsenal out there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, again, a pretty pretty evenly matched up. I think what Sterling's hurt too, um, Charles. Yeah. I-, I saw he didn't play yeah. today for England. So. Yeah. Um, and Gabriel, minor, minor hamstring
0: injury for Sterling. And, um, it looks, yeah, it looks like Sergio Aguero has rejoined training. Um, but again, yeah. there has been no statement from the club as to whether or not he's actually going to, um, be, uh, be available. Where- so what,
3: what happened to KDB?
0: His injury, uh, he actually w- was forced to withdraw from the, the Belgian squad, um, he's uh, they honestly haven't really said exactly what it is they just said he felt something which is ominous and uh, you know that realistically that could mean two possible things he literally did feel something and he was taken out precautionary um, in the event that it is a real injury, City will definitely keep him. Um, they'll rest him. Um, they're they're not going to risk him and risk another long injury spell for him. Um, or it could mean he doesn't agree with playing in the internationals, and so he pulled out. He played one game, pulled out, and um, he's just you know saving himself for the Premier League, which he thinks is more valuable.
2: So I have two things. One is a question. Uh, this is at the had, I believe, right? It's away for Arsenal. Correct. They haven't won an away match against the Big Six in six years.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? It's been six years?
2: Twenty, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 27 attempts and no no victories. So definitely going to be City. And my, I don't know if you guys saw this. It's not really related to the game directly, but Thomas Partey's father was interviewed <laughs> about the transfer. And the question was basically like, hey, what happened? how did this unfold? It came together kind of late. His father said, Qu- quoted to say, "Well, we were kind of hoping a bigger club than Arsenal would come in for him." Yikes! Uh, yeah, welcome you're... to London. Yeah, oh. so that I I love Parsi already. I love the father is a great man. Um, I respect him immensely. Uh, city role. Wow.
4: <laughs> Eric, can Uh, what do you what do you think is going to happen? I uh, like. Uh, I don't know. I, I like City to win. Like I said, Arsenal or like Will said, Arsenal has a won an away match in, in a long while. Um, it looks like to me one of those uh, times where, you know, the last couple of years where Arsenal gets on a little roll to win three of the next four. And then, you know, you think they have something going and they drop the next match. Now, is there any shame in dropping for City? No, but I could see this one they they dropping like a two one match where they they could have had points along the match where they could have won and they just didn't and didn't get it done. And I think one of this is – it'll be tough. This is one of those hard-fought matches, but I think this is one of the matches that, that they'll just kind of drop it and, and come away with what could have happened, you know? Hey,
1: losing in fantasy, number one in Pick'em. Eric picks City to win. Speaking of uh, Pick'em, you know, Eric is winning. We've got a couple of other matches we're not going to preview, but um, we did go ahead and pick. So, Lester Villa, three draws, one, two Lester wins. Uh, Leeds lead Wol- Wolves two Wolves wins three ties and then our fan vote you guys voted I think that Scott DM'd all of his buddies and said vote for this but our fan pick was Spurs West Ham and we have four Spurs wins and a draw so we'll see how this week uh, plays out who
2: who who did it is it was you wasn't it Charles you I knew you, you really haven't you're really not feeling well are you you wish
0: hey. <laughs> I, I to be fair to be fair my my judgment is based off of of sound logic in that you're play, like i said you're coming up against a, a west ham team that is on absolute fire because david moyes has not been on the sidelines um until they <laughs> until they stop thrashing other teams uh, i'm gonna believe in west ham to uh, to put up a fight
2: uh, to to be fair uh isa job is back from injury this week he's one of their better defenders so um i think our front three might send him back to to the hospital, to the psych ward, whatever it's going to take after trying to deal with Bale, Kane, and son. But uh, Issa Jop is back. So You said your maybe. front three, not, not, not your front two and, and a substitute. I think Bale's going to start. Jose's a lunatic. I think he's going to start.
1: God has just been, like, pawing at his computer screen the whole time. We didn't have Gareth no. Bale. We didn't have Spurs on the match uh, on our sheet to talk about. No, so no. I left Spurs West Ham on there so that he could gush about Bale, so that he no. could he could, have that, that, smi- that smile that's been on his face the whole don't, time. Don't, don't lie it's to the people. It's been on there for the last two weeks after they dismantled Manchester United. He's been like the Cheshire do just don't lie grinning and smiling and go ahead talk about it bails back your boy your love
2: i, I, was, I would
3: actually call him effervescent is what i just bubbly I, like I've champagne.
2: Been, i've been pawing at my cell phone skiff and not my computer screen okay don't lie to the people is that um, where you have
0: all your bail pics
2: <laughs> um i have a backed up on a google drive also so i can access them anywhere via the cloud thank you for asking though
1: like that worst. that Wolver- he's he's like the Wolverine meme where he's just pawing the picture of bail my guy's back he's home. I'm so happy oh I'm i can't, so can't believe it oh <laughs> it's too awesome. real. let's let's
0: it's carry that real. energy let's carry that energy into our final segment so i'm going to toss it over to eric uh eric give us some what in the world in the football
4: Okay. Well, as we know in the Premier League, we've been following a long time, um some of us longer than others. We've had some legendary sponsors on the kits, right, for the teams. We've had, you know, Standard Chartered, we've had Sony, we've had O2, we've had um, you know, Three recently for Chelsea, um Chevy for uh, United. Well, um in the Eredivisie, which is the Dutch top league, um FC Emmen is a top flight club over there and a pretty decent side and They were actually looking for a sponsor for their their kits uh, going into this new season. They played the first game without a sponsor. They're still looking. They finally secured a deal with um, a company called Easy Toys and they said they had to um, apply to the uh, KNVB, which is like their football association, for approval. Well, the KNVB said no because it turns out that that Easy Toys is actually an adult toy manufacturer. Uh, it is not appropriate to display sponsorship from the, the uh, adult industry on their match kit. Um, we must take into account that football is for both young and old. The thing that cracks me up is it goes on to say the club said they were surprised and upset about the, reject- the rejection, we would review the situation. They're surprised about it, right? We will study the KNVB's arguments, consider what to do next. We do not intend to drop a party that wants to become our main sponsor. The management of the shop also reacted with surprise. So they... Um, Easy Toys actually has another sponsor to deal with another um, Eredivisie club, FC Groningen, um, but their names are on billboards around the stadium, not on their actual kits. So it is actually in appeal and uh, there you go. So they try to get a little racy with their sponsors and it could have turned out to bite them in the, in the rear end. So
0: that, uh, not, not allowing them to be their shirt sponsor. That punishment sounds rather stiff.
4: (laughs) Well done.
2: So that's that's two what in the worlds Eric, that you've had with some uh, some versus, adult First,
4: sex dolls. Now the, the toys. And, and I knew you guys were going to say that, that. so yeah. you're going to bring it up too. You're keeping an account somewhere, you know. I think
2: I think your cookies and your cash are tracking you to these one in the world of football stories. Here. <laughs> I got
4: to clean them every day, so uh, I don't yeah. I don't want to see your Twitter search history.
2: <laughs> so before we, before we sign off, I want to let everybody know about an exciting interview we've got coming up. It's going to drop on Monday the 19th i believe we've got bill Connolly of espn he covers college football uh, european soccer data analytics everything you could possibly want to know about the two sports he's one of my favorites over at espn and it's going to be i believe jen and i talking with bill um and that's going to drop on monday jen do you have anything you want to say on it
3: you know i'm i will allow my um excitement to show through on
1: Monday (laughs) so no I'm just excited awesome well we uh we're gonna wrap this episode up thank you guys for joining us uh on five at the back f-i-v-a-t-b on twitter Uh, check us out interact with us let us know uh if you like this episode thank you for joining us and we will see you all next week